Chris Ryle Wright in Tight Shorts, The Greatest Stories Never Written. Hello, I'm Chris, your host, and welcome to this first very special episode of Tight Shorts. This episode is sponsored by Glass. Permanent water for over 5,000 years. Today's story is A Terrible Truck and a Marvellous Wind. Get down from that tree there, Jonathan Thick, cried Martha. Martha had been a maid for the Thicks for twenty years. The Thicks had descended from a long line of wealthy toy farmers, and Jonathan, or Johnny, was the youngest of seventy-five children, all now living in a three-up-five-down, on the land where the trees used to grow beautiful, natural toys. These toys were world-renowned, not least in Singapore and China, where they didn't have any toys, at least for the better half of the twentieth century. Now, of course, toys abound, and we're all overwhelmed with the amount of toys. This meant that the uniqueness and the homegrown quality of the Thick family toy farm has long since fallen out of favour. But we're not here to talk about toys. We're here to talk about Johnny Thick. Johnny Thick was 16 and ready to fly the coo- coop. He had met a girl on a train many, many moons before, and he'd often thought of her. He could have only been thirteen at the time, and her, maybe, also thirteen. It was hard to say, and three years had passed, three long years in the life of an adolescent. But Johnny could never get her out of his mind. All he remembered was the name on her suitcase. D.D. Spelt D-E-E-D. It wasn't much to go on. But he did also recall a passing glance as she left the platform, and how the friend who had waited to meet her cried D.D. D.D. Happy thirteenth birthday. The platform, the station she alighted the train on, was the Bronx in Hertfordshire. So he knew he had to look for a possibly 16-year-old woman named Dee Dee in the Bronx in Hertfordshire. He'd hoped this wouldn't be like finding a needle in a haystack, and he decided to leave what was left of the family toy farm and beloved Martha behind. Setting off early so as not to disturb his family, with only a backpack and a ramekin of rice, Johnny tiptoed carefully from the front door and breathed in the morning air. A few birds were singing, a few cars passed by, but it felt incredibly dangerous. Here he was, sixteen years old, out on his own for the first time. It wasn't until he got into the waiting taxi that he'd realised he'd left his shoes behind. His shoes were an important part of his life, He found that most events and days were improved by the wearing of shoes. But most people agreed with this. But in Johnny's shoes, there was a tiny, tiny gap just between the thumb and forefinger. 
and it was here he kept all his most important belongings, his keys, his father's credit card, his loyalty members' clubships, memberships, cards, and all his favourite raffle tickets, even those which lost. Somehow these items, these trinkets, became lucky charms for him, and he was concerned that starting this important journey on such a literal bad foot did not bode well. Tight Shorts It was a seven-night taxi to the Bronx, and when the taxi finally turned up, Johnny could barely muster a thank you to the driver as he stepped to the curb and approached the hotel. At reception, he was greeted with a friendly smile. A nice boy on reception called Daniel, who had three faces, but all smiling. Daniel gave Johnny the most wonderful feeling of home. They chatted for a while, before Daniel showed Johnny to his room. Upon entering the room, and being on his own for the first time in over a week, Johnny looked around. The room itself was bigger than his entire living room back at home. And the living room itself at home was used as a bedroom, a toilet, a bathroom, a meeting room, a factory, and a shop. Here he had everything to himself. A television, a hairdryer, a trouser press, a window, a bed, a shower, shower curtain, bath, a sink, shampoos, soap, towels, leaflets with information about the hotel, sachets of coffee, sachets of sugar, some tea bags, some mugs, some teaspoons. Johnny felt very, very, very decadent. The next morning, Johnny woke up after a slightly restless sleep, not because his bed was anything less than indulgent and comfortable, but because he had D on his mind, D.D. He set about visiting all the local cafes and places where a young person might hang out. He would ask, Do you know a girl called D? D. 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 Or D. D. Many people would nod and say, Well, around here, most of the women are called D or D. D. That's odd, thought Johnny, but he continued his quest anyway. Sadly, by nightfall, Johnny had had no luck as he walked back to the hotel through the beautiful streets of the Bronx. At reception, he was greeted by Daniel again, who was quick to notice a change in Johnny's demeanour. Daniel wondered what had happened. Had something gone wrong? Had somebody hurt themselves? Had Johnny himself hurt himself? Had he hurt himself deliberately? Or had somebody else hurt him? Although he'd spent the whole day talking, Johnny decided to explain the story in full to Daniel. How he had been on a train at thirteen years old and seen the most beautiful girl, with hair of amber and eyes of amber. And how, written on her case, was the name D.D. Daniel laughed. You can't be serious. What is it, said Johnny. I think that was my suitcase. Whatever makes you think that, said Johnny. 
Well, my sister would have been about 13 at the time, and I lent to my suitcase, and my name's Daniel D. But they always put the surname before the forename. When they make these suitcases round here, it's like a little tradition thing, like I said, I wouldn't worry about it, but that's definitely my suitcase. Yeah, my sister's dead. Johnny couldn't believe what he was hearing. Had the girl really died? Oh, yeah, definitely for sure, yeah. No, I killed her. It was a mistake, of course, but I definitely did it. I literally saw her die. I saw the last breath of life leave her body. Yeah. Yeah, sorry about that, mate. When Johnny returned home a week later, he decided not to impart the tale of Dee Dee and the lost love. Instead, he went to find Martha in the outhouse, and together they walked the fields of the old toy farm, reminiscing about scooters and plastic truncheons. Next time on Tight Shorts... Chloe Drain, She-Wolf of the Sweet Shop. You have been listening to Chris Ryle Wright in Tight Shorts. Follow, share and subscribe for more. Music by Rob Joy with the voice of Jodie Elms.